are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Amodamar podcast. Hello, Amoda. Hello, Kavi. So welcome back. It's been a while since we did our last podcast, but uh, today uh, we're going to talk about purpose. We're going to ask a few questions and have a conversation about what is purpose? Is purpose necessary? What is the difference between purpose and, I don't know, what you do in the world? I'm going to be asking Amoda about her purpose. Where, you know, what, what, what is stirring it? how much of it, it, it drives the work that she does in the world. And so we're going to have a kind of loose, going to start loosely with this conversation and see where it goes. Um, and if that's okay, I'm going to, I'm the, uh, before we started this podcast, Amoda retold us a, a kind of story from when I think you were about 16 or something. And um, it was rather amusing and it, and it, kind of set something in motion. So if you don't mind a murder, I'd like to actually like to start there with when you were, uh, I presume you were either coming out of school and with a view to going to university or what are you going to do in your life? Uh, <laughs> and over to you, what was this, this story? Because it was quite funny and uh, interesting. <laughs> well, I'm glad we find it funny now, sort of 50 years later. <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. Um, <laughs> I think I was 16, I can't remember, somewhere between O-levels and A-levels. They call you into the careers office and uh, ask you what you would like to be or what you would like to do what path, what career path you'd like to follow. And it's quite vivid still in my, <laughs> in my memory. Um, I can't remember if I had the book with me or I just referred to it, but I was quite immersed in the world of Leonardo da Vinci at the time. Um, Carl Jung also, um, they were my two kind of, I don't know if I would call them heroes, but inspirations, I would say, um, which looking back on it are actually were, and, uh, my two interests were art and psychology, deep, deep psychology, yeah, transpersonal depth psychology, um, bordering on the esoteric symbolism and so on. But I couldn't articulate it. So I think I, I, I made reference to, I want to be like Leonardo da Vinci. Um, and I, I just remember the, the, the kind of shame that I felt after that and the smallness and the sense of being utterly misunderstood because the careers advisor just sort of battered me down and said, why don't you become an illustrator for science books, which to me had nothing to do with what I was referring to. And I couldn't articulate it at the time, but what I really was trying to articulate was what inspired me was The, the genius, the uniqueness of someone like Leonardo da Vinci, who could synthesize um, some of the mysteries of life and being human 
and portray them in a blend of science and art, it seemed. Um, I mean, I've lost touch with Leonardo da Vinci since then, but <laughs> as far as I remember, sort of mathematics and, and art um, and that synthesis, it was the synthesis and the uniqueness and, yeah, the the sort of divine expression that came through him that I was really trying to convey. Um, of course, that didn't sit very well with a <laughs> school careers advisor, so I, I left that room none the wiser, none, <laughs> none the more inspired, uh, still very confused um, hmm. and actually filled with shame <laughs> or misunder- was, you know, was, being misunderstood. Well, it was a kind of uh, the very kind of tender shoot is what it sounds like of, of a kind of inspiration to, to radiate the magnificence that you are, you know, which doesn't come easy for easy for everybody. Not everybody is kind of driven, you know, in that sort of way. It has to be tenderly nourished. And at that, at that time, it was <clears throat> kind of, ex- it wasn't extinguished, but it was dampened. Yeah. They're with the practicalities of the, of the world. Well, you've got to, you've got to fit in. You've got to get that r- ridiculous thought kind of out, out of your head. But, but, What's interesting is that you actually have ended up doing that in your own unique way. It didn't kill your flame, did it? <clears throat> your purpose has has you know come through, yeah, over the years. Yes, I, I think what I what I learned from that experience and got embedded in me very quickly was that anything that was outside the mainstream, the ordinary, if you like, the conventional, um, was was not nurtured, as you say. And actually it did extinguish a flame for a while um, in the sense that I, I was just sort of rather lost and confused. Um, And I did set off on a trajectory that was not that (laughs) Um, in the academic world, which was very dry and um, not at all nurturing the uniqueness of the individual expression. Um, And I got rather lost in that. But in the end that flame is still burning brightly and eventually it comes through. And I, I, I think that whatever you are, if you like destined to be (laughs) destined to grow into, it will perhaps, I don't know if that's true for everybody, but it it will eventually come through if, if you're true to it. I mean, I got lost for a while, but that's really just in the academic world. And, and, and after that, I, I, um, for some time, but even that lostness is not a lostness because there's great learning and there's a great tilling of the soil that happens there. Um, but I never completely abandoned the true desire, the true need from my depth to follow a true, a true path, a true calling, wherever that took me. So I didn't sacrifice that um, over the years by going in a completely different traje- trajectory, which would be, I don't know, the conventional career path. So let's let's <clears throat> see if we can broaden this out a bit to extrapolate something about about this, because in 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 what you're talking about here. You know, something to do with destiny, something to do with divine destiny, something to do with whatever purpose might be, something to do with the linear world and the and the emphasis on becoming more of somebody, if you like, or becoming pursuing this a career thing. And all of those those aspects can melt together in, in some people. But in other people, and we speak to quite a few people, and, and, and it is a persistent question 
for instance, for people on the spiritual path who are seeking, you know, resolution to suffering, but also what to do in the world, this question of what, you know, how do I find my purpose? What is my purpose? What, what, what is purpose? So can I, can I just throw all of those things at you and see where they, they kind of want to land so we can open this up a little bit? Yes. The, the, the deeper meaning of purpose and the deeper possibility of purpose gets hijacked in the conventional world by the need to succeed, the need to make money, the need for recognition, the need for approval. A lot of that is tied up with um, parental conditioning, uh, whether we're aware of it or most people are not aware of it, but our mother, our father want us to be this or be that or be successful or be a good boy or a good girl or whatever. And there's an unconscious drive to satisfy that, um, to be that in order to get approval and love. Sometimes there's a rebellion against it. Um, but But the need to to go down a trajectory that might lead to success in some way is is very much embedded in 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 society in education in society in family constellations and so on and so that overrides or hijacks this the purity of purpose. So purpose becomes something that is part of our ego striving. Mm. Yeah. And 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 that may lead to success, but it may not lead to true fulfillment or it may lead to failure and then that has inherent issues in it. Um but there's a there's a deeper m- meaning or a deeper if you like, purpose to purpose, which is really just the fulfillment of your unique individuation. And that doesn't need to necessarily look like conventional success or glamour or uh, any of those things, um, but is a deep soul fulfillment. And, and, and that purpose isn't how can I find my purpose? That's the wrong question in some ways. Or what should I do in my life in order to fulfill my purpose? It's kind of looking in the wrong direction. It's more about going inside and really listening to or allowing, if you like, incubating (laughs) what wants to move in you. And that may be something or it may be something, you know, not much, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the quantity or what the appearance is. It's it's really about being true to what wants to either move or be expressed. And 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 that's a deep listening and also often a a, a kind of waiting, like a pregnant pause. And and that is something that's that's not uh, not nurtured in our society. It's not nurtured in children. Um, it's not nurtured in in most families. It's certainly not nurtured in education. You know how to find that which, if you like, moves as a river of joy. Yeah. And 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 that 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 is more likely to find an avenue of expression and if you like activity or action in the world on yeah, in some ways that will actually be truly fulfilling and not something that is just an agenda for 
the outcome, success or recognition or approval or you know, financial security. So the drive for that comes from a very different place. And I, I found that that's why it took me so long, listening to that, really allowing that, which took many years to really kind of express itself and it expressed itself here and there and then it sort of changed. Um, that when it fully comes into its flow, one actually has a lot of energy for it, but not an energy that comes from overdrive, <laughs> but from an inner, it's like an inner drive, I guess. It's, it's like being enthused, which is being filled with God, which is why I call it divine destiny. Wow. Well, as you were speaking, I was kind of reflecting on <clears throat> on us, really, on the on what you and I, in our different ways, but as a as a kind of uh, entity of, of of two become one. You know what uh, what the purpose is. You know, because before I met you, I had no knowledge or awareness or interest in a way in 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 anything deeper in the sense of what 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 a kind of purpose would be i think just getting through would be my purpose but after all these years and such attrition of the surrender of the of the of a kind of self that it thought it could salvage anything from the the wreckage of my life and i i sort of gave in in a way then uh, something I, I'm, you know, it's true what I say, you know, something deeper happened and I found that I was giving myself to the, to the beauty of love that is ever, ever present, but veiled in this world. And it's sort of, you know, to, to my purpose is to serve love. And I can say that with such a full heart, not from a grandiose state, but actually from a very kind of humble, true place. And that in itself, you know, to serve love in whatever way it comes through me and me, it comes through this work, through administering, to doing the podcast, to sometimes teaching or to the poetry that brings beauty or speaks to the beauty in the world. That's taken such a long time of, of of softening and maturation, of letting go, of trying needing to be somebody in the world and actually falling into becoming myself in the world. And, uh, and it, it's incredibly nuanced. I can see that what you're talking about, this purpose, can only come from a deeper place. When, when debris or whatever stands in the way has been cleared, cleared out somehow, and then it sort of my feeling is it it arises as as if by itself does it mm. is, is that yes i mean I, 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 I always point to our primary purpose which is to if you like recognize not not intellectually but in the, in our depths and that's the journey you're speaking of the fulfillment that's already here the fulfillment of beingness and I, that was the journey that i was on for many years as well and because then there's no need to find that by striving for this or striving for that or striving to be somebody or striving to be seen in any way. And then there can be a listening because you, you have cleared, there is a clearing of the way, the, the agendas, the strategies, the unconscious strategies for seeking approval and seeking love and seeking this and seeking that from the external, whether it's relationships or the work we do or the world in some way or other people or society. That's, that comes undone. And then there's a space inside and that space is beingness and that's totally fulfilling in, in and of itself. And it's from that that we can really listen to what might be a, a divine movement. Yeah, let's take the word divine out because that might mean different things to different people. It's not a voice that we hear, but... Uh, it's almost like the inevitability of our 
unique uniqueness, unique expression. Each of us comes into this world totally unique with a unique imprint, uh, <clears throat> whether we look at something like uh uh, the astrological map, whether we look at the mm. Enneagram mm. map, whether mm. we look at the Gene Keys map, which is mm. very complex and you know has the I Ching in it and and all sorts of yeah uh, uh, layers of maps, if you like, cosmic mm. maps. Um, all of that can reflect back to us if if we wish to look at it. Um, our, our unique imprint. It doesn't tell us who we're going to be or what we're going to or what we are in that sense. But it, it's a pattern. It's like a pattern that we come into this world, and and each pattern is absolutely unique. Somehow, when the ego strategies, the agendas, the needs. Yeah, that drive unconsciously much of human behavior have come undone or at least softened. And some of that sort of inner matrix, which is the matrix of conditioning, comes undone. Then our, our pattern can shine through more easily. And that's when we can hear, I don't mean literally, but it's an inner hearing of, mm. of something that moves us. You know, for a while, uh, as you know, many years ago, what moved me was was movement itself, mm. yeah. And it got expressed through dance and breath work, and and I, there was such joy in that. I had no agenda. It wasn't it wasn't created out of the need of need to to be anything or to achieve anything. It was a, a small seed. Uh, that was just planted and it just grew by itself. It took a long time, but it grew. <laughs> and there was great joy in it. I loved it. And I didn't try to, you know, kind of manipulate or, or, or direct it in any particular way other than being true to what was true. And for a while that was deeply fulfilling. I had no idea where it was going. And then something inside that emerged. Yeah. And so then that took me on another trajectory, not not completely left of center, if you like, but as, a, as an outgrowth of that, a more refined way of expressing that. So we can really hear, yeah, we can really allow that movement to take place. That's it. I, I, for, for me, that's the that goes back to the being in the in the careers office where I was really trying to express that there was something I wanted to to listen to in myself. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I wanted somebody to perhaps help me or assist me or support me in understanding what that was and allowing it rather than well, you can have a career in this or a career in that or a career in that, which kind of killed my spirit, really. <laughs> so it's that kind of delicacy. Um, it really is. That's it. <laughs> you see, for, for, for me, mm. I, you know, as a young man, my, my father was a mechanic, an engineer. My brother had a great aptitude for car engines and, and all of that stuff, and I was way out of my depth because I was a misfit right from the from the beginning and I fell out of the system completely. And when I went to somewhere, they said, oh, well, you know, you should go and join the Navy. And I, I said, well, that sounds like a good idea. So I went in England, you know, when I had my test, medical test and, and I don't know what it was, aptitude test, and they said, oh, you'd be great in the Navy. And I, I woke up, you know, the day later with, in a sweat because I think, you know, and there's nothing wrong with joining the Navy because actually it has a great discipline in it and I was incredibly undisciplined. But I had to go on the journey of the way of the misfit. You know, for me, that was the, it started like such a long journey that only in the last two years, and I'm 65, have I been able to say, you know, I feel like I'm on purpose, in purpose, that something is happening. I had to let go of the idea of being someone, of the idea of being a musician, the idea that I can actually do anything in this world of any, you know, I had to let go of kind of anything. 
and I fall into a place where I didn't. I realized I didn't know what meaning my life had because meaning is wrapped up in this as well, isn't it? You know, it's like purpose and meaning. It's like on a on a certain level, you can have a career and you can pursue it, thinking you are that's going to get me where I need to go, or it's going to create the safety that I need, or the house. And you get these things, and then suddenly you realize your life is meaningless. You know, because unfortunately we live in these crazy society, this crazy society that does hijack something beautiful about us. Mm. It does. And only a few manage to escape through the net without having to go on this deeper, almost mystical transformational journey. And it's not easy because we also need to survive. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. I mean, we, both you and I have in our lives sacrificed that um <laughs> and been in some very difficult and challenging times um and we don't need to go into the details but <laughs> we, we we did in our own way and and together yes. um and and to me it's you know it's a matter of values as well yes. um naively or Innocently or ignorantly, uh, I never had a value system that was to do with fitting into society or achieving anything or even thinking about financial security. I was just as an aside, I was actually somewhere the other day, I can't remember, and uh, I overheard somebody saying that they're an older woman saying that her son, who was in his early 20s, was seriously planning his retirement strategy, yeah. his financial, in his 20s. He'd only just yeah. gone to college. My jaw dropped open. I was yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I'm in my 60s and I still haven't thought about it. Um, and that's not coming from a place of luxury, you know, the the luxury to be able to, you know, not think about it. But it is a matter of values, and mm. and both of us, in all the decade decades of our lives, have have not. And part of that is is a certain level of naivety. Um, but we've survived, and uh, to me, the highest value is just being true to yourself. And somehow, and I have to say this, I do believe I have experienced that life supports you in some way. Mm. If you're really true to what is true in you, life supports you. Mm. It may not be, you know. <laughs> and not necessarily in the way that you imagine as That's well. That's right. You there there must be no imagination, yeah. but it does support in some way, the goodness of life does support it. You know, it's not that you're just going to win a win the lottery or something. It it's not from that place. But you you could you can actually live very simply and survive. And then, obviously, when as things flow and grow, then more resources are required to support that which is growing. Just like a tree needs nutrients to grow, and and then life supports that. Um, but when we push, it's like when we push the river, when we force it, when we strive and some, of course, then, you know, as things grow, then a certain, uh, more attention and structure is required, but that comes with time. Yeah. It's like having a baby mm. when, when the baby's just born, you don't start, um, you know, creating a structure for its education and this and that and this and that, you you allow it to 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 blossom into well, itself yes. and to well, ideally, yeah. So yeah. so it grows into itself, and then structure comes, and then discipline comes, and then you know boundaries. But you nurture something first, and I'm I'm really just equating that with when something moves in you, whether that's. A, a work of art or a, or a poem or a, or a book or, or, or an enterprise of something or something that wants to mm. be born in the world. You don't push it and strategize it and manipulate it and squeeze it and have an, a tight agenda for it because you kill that, that, that which wants to blossom 
and yeah. and and I I feel and and experience that life does support that. It's like a mm. it's like a hand that comes in and guides it. I think that you said something very interesting, which is the influence on the unconscious ancestral influence that comes to bear on us. That does somehow you know, if we're not careful or get, you know, become aware of it, guide our hand through, through life. Yeah. The, the father's, you know, guiding it. You've got to be this, you've got to be that. And, and the mother kind of, or doing, doing the same thing. And in a way, you know, I see you can't, one can't really serve two masters in the sense that if you're still attached to the influence in a hidden way or in an overt way of the the parents compounded by the society, you can't really serve God as well. I don't think you can serve those two, you know, God being the divine or the divine destiny or the pull of the beloved or whatever it is in your deepest. I actually don't know whether you can serve those two masters one of them has to go at a certain point. I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think it's uh, um, an astute observation and one that would be valuable for for many. And I I think certainly for myself, that that was the, that's the sacrifice. Yes. My father wanted me to be something. He wanted me to be... Yes, you had a lot of this, a doctor or something, you know, a medical doctor. Very successful. Very successful medical. Well, that's what he wanted to be. Yeah, well, that's Um, to make out for the fact that he wasn't. Yeah, but he knew that that would be a path that would bring success or financial security and blah, blah. And so he pushed me as much as he could um, down an academic path. Um, My mother wanted me to have a... I don't know, lovely home and a husband and a family and all the riches of the world. And so that she could, you know, say to her family, look, my daughter is this, that. And and, and neither of the, uh, those did I. Yes. <laughs> In fact, quite the opposite. But that's because I sacrificed that. And, and, and with that comes, yes, you are a misfit. Uh, I did feel like the black sheep. I did feel like the ugly duckling of, of what? loose family I had, you know, what vague family. Um, and that's, that, that, that's the sacrifice. I, I feel it, the, 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 the service, if you like, giving oneself to God, the beloved, the divine, that inner, the inner, yeah, not the outer, the inner is primary, is primary, come what may. And I think all riches, whatever that means, and I don't mean material riches, although that might be part of it, um, come come from that. And, uh, you know, I'll just add something else here, because as you were talking, it reminded me of the archetype or the myth of Prometheus. I'd like to bring that in because I do think it's very different for each person. I mm-hmm. think that which you speak of, the you can't serve two masters, if you like, is true for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, if we give in to the uh, matrix of conditioning, then it's not going to be true fulfillment. Maybe it's success. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But how the, the, the journey of it is actually different for each person. Um, For myself and and for you, Kavi, because we're both Aquarians, we embody all the pattern that we've, the imprint that we've been born into is the archetype of Prometheus, which is, uh, well, two aspects of that I think are relevant here. One is that Prometheus uh, brought the fire of the gods to humanity. And that's what we're talking about Um whatever that means. The fire of the gods is the spirit of God, the Mm. divine and not the, let's 
you know, the matrix of conditioning, the man-made structures and agendas, um, the true calling, the true understanding, the true light, if you like, whatever form or shape that comes in. So both of us have that. I know I have it in droves. To me, that's more important than anything. I don't know. I, I never knew what that would look like, but I was always listening to an inner calling. I was only interested in the inner dimension of consciousness and what that, um, what that meant for being human. Um, mm, and nice. that's one aspect of the myth of Prometheus. The other one is that he, for doing that for for bringing the fire stealing the fire of the gods and bringing it to humanity yeah he had his <laughs> liver pegged out <laughs> every day over and over again and it did heal in between times so well it, it grew back and then it would get pecked out again so that was his punishment um now, what does that mean for us? <laughs> I speak for both of us. I'll speak for myself. Um, that means it's been a long journey. It has been that. It has, there has been a kind of <laughs> liver pecking out. It, you know, the fire of the gods has imbued this life, if you like, and and then and then something gets yeah born or expressed and it's stripped away yeah and mm. then something else and it's stripped away and part of that liver being pecked out is also the the sort of in in this case parental pressure and shame and being a misfit and all this and eventually the end of the myth of prometheus is that he's i can't remember something something an eagle yeah an eagle yeah. or something comes down and liberates him from the chains and 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 yeah so he is then serving humanity with the divine mm. so there is redemption yes. and i think that's been part of our story and well, I, i'm that... saying that because it's for each yeah. person there's a different ar archetype and that's not yes, necessarily that's right. the same for everyone it's a good idea to find out that archetype because when I discovered that, it actually made sense on a, on a level that I couldn't even barely touch with my mind. But my mind, it appealed to my mind as well, but there was much deeper. It actually appealed to my soul or to my heart or to some part of me that did, did want an answer in a way to what is the point in this? What is my purpose here? And the reason why I, dis, you know, uh, uh, um resonated with the liver pecking out you know was that it it when i i accepted that and i realized that what that meant was that i had to live now not in the future when i expected my liver to become healed or unpecked out the day that it didn't happen well then it'll be the day that i serve my true purpose of bringing fire of love to people in whatever way that i I can. And when I let go of any future sense that it was going to be somewhere in the future, then I was able to start doing it now to the extent that I can, which is not grandiose, which is just in this kind of presence. So that was a great relief for me, that one. That's right. And, and I totally relate to that. I used to live in the one day syndrome. I always had a sense from, from an early age and, and that, um, uh, story or situation in the careers office was 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 part of it a reflection of it that i did have something a, de a destiny if you like it wasn't necessarily grandiose but i knew there was something unique that wanted to come through i didn't know what it was um but that also created a kind of one day syndrome <laughs> one day I will, I don't know, be who I'm meant to be one day. I'll, yeah. And so on and so on. And I too had to uh, undo that whole belief system and totally live in the now without agenda. And uh, luckily, if you like, uh, 
awakening, <laughs> awakening out of the ego identity, out of the dream of self, allowed me to totally live in the fullness of now without agenda. And then there was no need to, to do this or do that or dream of one day. Um, it just took its own course. I mean, there was still somehow a sense of something was emerging, but there was no tugging on it or mm. digging into it to find or out what it is. Or, de or dependency on Happiness it. was not dependent on that. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. True happiness, true peace was not dependent on that. And as you know, of course, we lived for many years in the not knowing and not doing and in some ways nothingness, yeah? Um, yeah. If you like a, our own cave in in the world <laughs> yeah not in the mountain top but in the world but it wasn't a cave that caused us to retreat mm. or retract but it was very much a simplification mm. uh, of of any interaction with the world and that was fine for a long time um it wasn't fine to my mother, but <laughs> that's another story. But it was fine for us, yeah. very fine. And what I want, I, I do want to make sure that we convey that, you know, we're, we're actually not speaking or pontificating from the lap of luxury here. But, you know, just to, just to be clear, you know, I, I was, we were, we were in, in England and I had no adventurous kind of spirit, at least on the outside ever in my life. I was a very kind of scared of, of, of that whole idea. And then Amoda a, a had this kind of purpose, you know, which wasn't overt, but was like there completely. And then by and by, after we'd been to America uh, two or three times, just on the three-month visa, and we'd come to check it out, and it was... You know, there was something happening. I felt feel there was something happening, but it was it was very much your purpose, really, or you you not your purpose, but you were the leader of it. You were the guide of it. You were the main instigator of it, and I really had to hang on to your coattails, you know, in order to come over and go way beyond my comfort zone. And we came over to America, and let me tell you, everybody, we came over with zip. We came over with nothing. We came over with no funds. We came over with no, you know, Possessions. money in the bank nothing, or nothing. anything. We came over here and we were innocent and we were in some ways, thank God we were innocent because if I'd have known how expensive or how difficult or stuff it was going to be. And you know what? After we've been here since 2016 and, and, and all this time later, it's made me something that I wasn't. It carved something into me. It opened me up to a level of of grace, of determination, of maturity, of adulthood, that I had no idea that I was even capable of such things. And that's given the, the life of purpose, which is this is related to purpose, such a deep meaning. Yes. I, I cannot speak to it so as highly as a, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and again, that's a sort of personal example of, a deep listening. Uh, certainly on my part, I had no agenda to to come to the United States. Um, Although you had had something like many years ago. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, and that's part of it. I, when when I was in my uh, very in the straight jacket of my academic, <laughs> it wasn't a career. I was just a student doing research. Um, that's a great description. It of was your, a straight jacket. It really was. Um, I love it. I love it. I, because the research I was doing was very cutting edge and therefore not acceptable at the university that I was, but I still pursued it in some ways. Um, because it was cutting edge, the only research that was anywhere close to it was actually American research. There was none in, in, in the United Kingdom. Um, that that had came anywhere close to it. So there was always this pioneering side of the world of psychology in in the US. And yes, so the, yes. the 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 research articles that I was reading 
at that time were American. And that led me to read various uh, magazines relevant to psychology um, that were American because they didn't seem to exist in England. And I was in my early 20s, but in, in reading them and in seeing some of the images that were actually just sort of adverts in the magazine for a conference in somewhere or other and so on, they spoke to me on such a deep level that there was something in me at the time that said, that's where I'm going to be. Um, in fact, I remember that the, the mountains were, I don't know if it was Sedona or something like that, but they're very similar to the mountains here in, <laughs> or the, 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 the landscape, the geography here in New Mexico. So it spoke to me and, and then it just got forgotten. It got shut down. Um, but that was always there and, 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 then, and then it wasn't. But when it reemerged much, 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 much later, and that's what brought us here, it was a kind of knowing. It was a kind of knowing that whatever had taken place in England was done. Mm, it was done. Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't anywhere to go with it. And I don't mean on the external level, I mean on the internal level. Whatever growth, inner growth through many challenges had taken place, something was finished and we, we could stay there and almost sort of decay, it felt like, or we could follow an impulse, which is what it was. Mm. And that's how it happened. And yes, and, and then everything is sacrificed. It, it's not a career path. It's not a plan. It didn't have a plan and we didn't go with anything. Yes, and yes. I know many people say, well, I came to America with nothing, mm. but they're usually in their 20s. <laughs> we, we were in our <laughs> mid-50s and we really came with nothing. Um, so that's, that's what I mean about sacrificing something. Yes, yes, and, yes. And then you fall into the unknown and life takes care. And some of it was not comfortable and some of it was not easy, but it all felt absolutely right. It all felt part of divine plan, if you like. And so here it is. <laughs> I think, you know, there, there, some, something that comes up within that is that you have, you know, one has to be prepared to, uh, dig, dig deep really into, yeah, into serving whatever is, is, whatever is in there. I mean, you know, I work with people and I, everybody has, it's in there. Something is in there. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to set the world on fire in a, in a way that it's, it's the ego. Yeah. That it's, it's not an ego thing. It's a spirit. It's a soul thing. It could be small, but then, then to have the willingness to go beyond and serve that and serve it, it because I've seen that and I felt that that we've we've you know you fall into service. Well, service is purpose. That is as That's the great right. you know as Ram Das said I mean, with Babaji, serve people. If we, I what what shall I do in this world, Maharaji? That said Ram Das to Maharaji, serve people. Love everyone, serve them. Mm. You know, and, it's, and, it sounds naive, but that's not naive. That's yes. like extraordinarily powerful. And there are many ways to serve. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I, I never had any idea that I'd be, uh, if you like, dialoguing with so many people mm. through all our teaching, what have become teaching programs. I uh, I, I was a recluse. I was, I, I would I would rather, you know, stay in my ivory castle behind my desk and not speak with anyone and just write and write my wisdom, if you like, or write from mm. the divine. Um, mm. yes. But that's not how life is. And the movement was to, was to serve, not because it was some, again, egoic mm. agenda, but simply to speak with people. And somehow service started to take place. Mm, mm. And that pulls you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It certainly did for me. I and there's a lot of too. growth and there's a lot of 
inner richness and maturity that comes from that. And now it's just service to that. What that form is, is constantly evolving. Mm. And so one doesn't know in five years or 10 years what it's going to look like. All I know is that, is that I'll be always in service to, to this, which is, which is love ultimately, which is mm-hmm. light, yeah, the light, yeah, not the self-serving agenda. Mm. Well, I know that you, I mean, you, you've, you've, you've been through quite a few fires in being willing to, to, to serve this, you know, because I know how you were, you know, and, and some of the self-consciousness, for instance, that you used to carry around. And then, you know, you just sort of, I don't know, you're willing to, to sit in the fire of that and and by and by it sort of forged something you know and we we you know that's what i to me that's what we need for each other yeah because the light of purpose the light within is is actually delicate because it's very it's very easily extinguished in this harsh reality it really is. We don't live in a spiritual world. We don't live in a place that says, you know, we don't all go to free school. We go to these schools that drum us. Unless you're very, very blessed or very graced, which is a beautiful thing, it sort of stamps you as though you're just another one on the conveyor belt, honestly. And we we buy into that because, we, because we're ignorant and foolish and naive, and that's what our parents did. And then we come out the other end. I mean, Alan Watts has talked about the sausageness of it. You know, we've talked about the sausage factory nature of life. Chucks you out the other end. Well, maybe you're kind of happy, but, but a lot of the time you're not. You're not happy. Mm. And so there's the tenuous little, and we're living in different times now. We're living in the times where this this fire is within, and we meet loads of people, lots of people, who like surfing on it. And it's like how to encourage that 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 flame mm. within, you know, because it is about serving love. It is about serving light. It is about serving presence. And I, I, I know what I wanted to say to you. There's. I, uh, the event that I did a couple of weeks back, actually, at the weekend, and, uh, and a woman was asking me, and she was a young woman, and, and, and uh, she had been a meditator and had been a spiritual person, and she was very happy about that, and she reached her peace and everything like that. But then life came along and events changed for her, and she had twins. And so she's got these uh, four, I think they're four-year-old, four and they're like... You know, they're in, intense, all-consuming, you know, there, and she was feeling that she had lost her herself. She had lost her spiritual acumen and she didn't, couldn't, couldn't kind of reconcile these two different kind of realities. And, uh, and I'm not the font of knowledge of, of all of that kind of stuff, but I, I, I encouraged her to drop the past referencing and be here with this because your purpose is showing up now, actually. That's right. That's right. And be full with the purpose that you've got because actually, because actually this is the purpose, right, now. Love is served in all activities and in, in, in all expressions, unless it's greed and corruption of course <laughs> lies greed and corruption i'm not talking about that but in uh, whether it's children nurturing children whether it's nurturing plants whether it's nurturing <laughs> animals whether it's nurturing food whether it's nurturing whatever it is love is served yeah or not yeah so there is there is the doorway in everything Mm. Yeah, exactly. So not, it's not yes. about being yeah. spiritual and having no. a spiritual activity, but but serving that which is appearing in your life now. And then the next mm. thing unfolds and the next thing unfolds. None yeah, of it is a, static. No, that's right. <laughs> children are not going to be children forever. <laughs> no, that's right. And they actually want your presence, which is your purpose. Absolutely. Your purpose is to be that's present right. with your children. And it's that's very right. true of the Zen statement, which is chop wood, carry water. That's your purpose. In that moment, that's your purpose. Can you be full in that? Because if you're full in that, really full in that, 
by and by you just kind of lead on almost to the next, to the next. That's right. And to the That's next. why it's about your inner purpose, your primary purpose first, which is to be fully present and unconditionally in service to what is as it unfolds in your life. So there's no regret or agenda or striving in it. To be fully present in that, something transforms within mm. and eventually it transforms on the external. Mm. Yeah. I believe so. Inner purpose leads to outer purpose. They're related. Yeah. But to start with the outer purpose puts a kind of damper <laughs> or lid on the inner purpose. So whilst it might be temporarily satisfying because you think you're doing the right thing, you think you're doing a spiritual thing or whatever it is, but actually the inner purpose is is uh, being diminished or extinguished and eventually it stops being fulfilling. Yes. yes. So it must come I, from within first. I he, I've heard you. We're going to wrap this up, but I've heard you talk before about how the mind, when it stops being the tyrant of who we are, actually by and by, and we go to a deeper place and we'll fall into line and become the servant of that which we are in our essence. And then you've got purpose. Then you've That's got right. the divine movement of purpose. You've got enthusiasm. You're enthused. You're filled with something. Filled with a kind of energy. Yeah, there's a lot of energy for what you do, and also there's a there's a a, a natural rhythm in it. A natural kind of harmonic, I would yes, say. Yes, that's right. It's it is actually you know has been a, it is a very beautiful uh, subject to talk about you know, on this level, because it does open us up because most people do have this fire within them that, that needs to be expressed in their own unique way, not in a way that is up ahead, but actually in a way that creates a soul, a soul satisfaction. And that does matter. It does count for something. You know, we're not just linear beings living in a cultural ideology. Yeah, we're divine beings who, who 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 are called to serve love in whatever way we can. So I'm very pleased with this conversation. I've enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story of your <laughs> your non-career path way back when you were young and and innocent. Just as a final note, I remember in the early days when I started speaking in public or there were a few interviews here and there about when I started teaching from the place of awakened consciousness and there were quite a few comments, oh, she's turning this into a career path. <laughs> well, people and do see that. it was so that. far, yeah. far, far from the truth. Yeah, yeah people do, <laughs> do, do see that. It's Well, we yeah. only see through the eyes of our own paradigm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, here I mean, we are. you know, but but that's the thing, you know, that's the thing, you know. Ultimately, you know, one can only ever really be true to oneself, and you do that, and then you have to, you have to accept, you know, whatever happens as a consequence or after that, because, you know, the more you do step into something to do with your purpose, the more of a gamble you take in the in the world of form and people do throw things at you you don't just have to be a famous celebrity for people to throw things at you people are we live in the the world of judgment and people will project and judge and everything like that and that's one of the measures of forging the deeper human being is to be resilient even in that you well know? yes i think there's there's a huge uh maturity and dignity that an integrity that can grow from that yeah I, uh, you know where in the early days i saw it as yeah you it know, was bad. a kind it of an attack yeah. um and you know why am i doing this you know i didn't ask for this and i'd rather just be in my in yeah. my cave in my ivory castle <laughs> hidden away it's so much easier um but in 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 just you know 
there's a kind of fire that burns in that. I don't mean a fire that overcomes it, but it just purifies something within oneself, uh, certain ego defenses. Yeah. Whether that defense is like, Oh, don't, don't, don't do that to me. You know, um, that's a kind of defendedness. And, and then you just, it burns away and purifies and and something matures in that. And the more something matures, the, the more something, uh, uh, the more kind of inner dignity there is in that without being defensive or attacking or trying to hide or trying to do anything, actually the more you can handle and the more you can give. <laughs> it's part of <Yeah>. growth. <laughs> it is part of growth. Okay, that's enough. We are, we have to get on with our purpose, which is lunch. <laughs> Indeed, it taking, is right now. <laughs> taking the dog out for a pee-pee. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to come and uh, be on retreat with us, come and be on retreat with us. We've got live retreats going out this year. One on the east coast of the US in July at a very nice place. And, uh, I, you know... It, and we're it, also in the Bay Area soon. <laughs> we're in the Bay Area, of course. And uh, it's, a, it's such a joy to meet people face to face and for us all to be together in the physical form. So if that moves you otherwise, you know, thank you so much for listening um, or watching. We'll see you again soon. Uh, like, subscribe and uh, be well. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Bye bye.